making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Rangers have won seven straight. They're leading the Stars 2-1 early in the third. Panthers leading the Senators 2-1. That's in the third period as well. Jets up 2-zip on the Wild after the first period. Early third period. Islanders with a 3-2 edge on the Penguins. And also early in the third. Capitals up 2-1 on the Devils. Still to come tonight. The Kings home to the Blue Jackets. The Golden Knights host the Predators and the Canucks. After losing 10-7 yesterday, visit the Colorado that game actually starts in just a couple of minutes. The scoreboard updated courtesy Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. Scotty's this afternoon in Calgary. Alberta now 5-0 with a convincing 8-3 win over Quebec. Tomorrow, lots going on at Rogers Place. The Oil Kings hockey hooky game is at 11 a.m. They're going to be playing the Calgary Hitmen. And then at 8 p.m., it's the Oilers starting a five-game homestand against the Boston Bruins. Our coverage starts at 5 with Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, And then I'll have the face-off show. That'll start at 6.30. Hey, hope you had a good family day long weekend. If you got a long weekend or just hope you're doing well in general. Thanks a lot for checking out Inside Sports tonight. The U of A Golden Bears dramatic quarterfinal series win in Saskatchewan against the Huskies over the weekend. They will now play the Canada West regular season champion, UBC, in the semifinals. We will have UBC head coach and former Edmonton Oilers Sven Boutenshawn on the show between 7.30 and 8. But we will start it off tonight, courtesy Sentinel Storage. They shoot, we store. Try four weeks free at sentinelstorage.ca. He joins us every week on Inside Sports. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Reed. Great to chat with you again. Quite an interesting weekend. The Oilers got a couple of wins, but I'm not going to start there. I'm going to start with maybe it's going to be the game of the year in the NHL. Uh, well, not for Vancouver, maybe for Minnesota no. fans and for neutral spectators. 5 right. 2 Vancouver late in the second period. Minnesota wins it 10 7. Three players had hat tricks. I'm just wondering, you you played in a lot of hockey games in your life. Does anything rival that for a wild scoring game that you were in? Probably not for how close it got. So, as you mentioned, a massive comeback by uh, the Wild. And then the Canucks uh, formed their own sort of comeback. So, at that point, it was 8-7, I think, with about uh, a minute something to go. So, uh, and then two empty netters by the Wild. But uh, typically the games that I was involved in that uh, were high scoring were typically really lopsided. Um, I can remember many games, especially in junior read, going back to the 70s and 80s when I played. Uh, I, you know, I know people are going to laugh at this, but you could go if you were able. I don't know if you could find the game sheets now, but... Uh, a few times I gave up like 14, I gave up 16 one time in Portland. 
Uh, and I didn't get pulled. Like, I, I wouldn't want to get pulled. That, my thing was I got to battle with the guys. And we were a bad team back then. We are a team of 17-year-olds. So, you know, it was going to be kind of ugly every once in a while. Um, but that was so strange. So yesterday I was working in the afternoon. I was doing the Flames game. And so, of course, uh, I'm on the NHL app just following the, the Oilers and also the Canucks. And I see the Canucks with a big lead in the second. And then... And then uh, I'm watch- I'm looking at the app and go, what is happening? And so I ended up in the second intermission walking by the Winnipeg Jets, uh, 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 Kevin Sheveldayoff, the general manager. And he and I had known each other from our time together with New York Islanders. So we go way back. So I go, what happened there? He goes, I don't know, but I've never heard of like, or it's been a long time where I've heard of a- seven goals, like five goals. Okay. That would be an enormous amount to give up, but seven, even though two were empty netters, that was unbelievable. But, you know, I think in the NHL, Reed, I gave up 10 a couple times. I gave up nine in a playoff game. So, you know, the, I'm no stranger to scores like this, but every once in a while when you see something like this, uh, that it's that high scoring for both teams, that really grabs your attention because that, that typically doesn't happen. It's usually just one team that uh, – gets a ton of goals when a team has a lead that should be comfortable and then it starts to slip away and clearly penalty after penalty was problem was a problem for the Canucks yesterday like how sickening a feeling is that that you could I'm sure Vancouver and and you're right they they did kind of rally themselves and make it interesting Uh, but how sickening a feeling is that when, when you're the team with the lead and it not just goes away, but goes away so quickly. It can just happen so fast. Okay, so that's that's a great point. So I have two things to say about that. So uh, when you get a big lead, uh, every coach's nightmare, and Sheldon Keefe said this on Saturday when the Leafs had a big, big lead versus Anaheim in the second period. And he, I, I, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to say it exactly like he said, but he said something like, Oh, no, now what I'm worried about, the biggest thing I'm worried about now, bad habits. Because it's only natural. It's human, right? I I can remember so many games, especially when I played for L.A., we'd get a massive lead on somebody. And the forwards and everybody, they're having the time of their lives. They're, They're loving it. They're getting all their cookies and everything. But bad habits are forming. And often, or not often, but every once in a while, we'd barely hang on for a victory. Or worst case scenario, what you're talking about, I remember a few games uh, where, you know, I thought we were fully in command. Next thing you know, about three or four minutes later, you know, all chaos is broken out and very much like the uh, wild game yesterday, you know, so the Canucks go into the third period with the game fully under control. And about four minutes later, they're down by two. And and I know this feeling because I've experienced it. I, I'll, I've been sitting in the dressing room after, still in my gear thinking, what just happened? Like it happens, as you said so well, it happens so quickly. And at that time, you have no answers. You're like, I'm feeling fantastic. How did I, it all turn in like four or five minutes? And and you're puzzled. And, and it it is a kick to the gut for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it wasn't oddly enough. The, the reason I asked that question that way was not because of a hockey game. Um, yeah, but there was a, a baseball game in the playoffs. I believe it was 2019. The Cardinals got 10 runs yeah. in the first inning against the Braves, and and the young man from Calgary, the pitcher Mike Soroka, was yeah. pitching for the Braves. 
Yeah. He, well, he didn't pitch in that game, but I, I asked him about that game. Yeah. And he said, the stunning thing looking back is how fast it happened. Yeah, like, we're right. scoreless. Okay, we're down one nothing. No big deal. Okay, 2 nothing. No big deal. Okay, 3 nothing. not great, but we got nine innings to get it back. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the inning's over, and it's it, it's it's 10 nothing. So, yeah, yeah, just crazy how that can spiral for sure. Kelly Rooney yeah, so joined by us. By the way, I, I met Mike at a fundraiser here in Calgary a few years ago. What a wonderful person. Yeah, he was, a, he was a great interview. We'll have to try to catch up with him again. Kelly Rudy yeah. joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, you had an interesting flight home uh, that's going to prompt a story or two here. Can you tell us about this? Okay, so I, I'm on the plane uh, uh, Sunday morning, leaving Toronto as usual, uh, flying back to Calgary, and uh, a, a young man gets on, and uh, I, I recognize him, but not really, because um, – you know, he's been in the National Hockey League for 10 years. I knew he was a part of it, but we don't get to see the officials very often anymore. Before the pandemic, there would be almost every game where I'd walk by the officials' room, and sometimes I'd even uh, poke my nose in the door and say hi to the guys. And uh, so, anyways, Graham Skilleter gets on. He introduces himself, and so we start chatting. If your listeners don't know, he's uh, one of the referees in the National Hockey League and a really good one, by the way. And we start chatting about his career and travel and all this. I had no idea what our travel day was going to be like, but before we found out about all the problems, I'm asking him about his travel and how hard it is and his schedule. And and so I'm thinking, man, that's hard because I know how the travel beats me up. But then I the next day i'm not required to skate five miles that night or that afternoon in this case it was the flames game yesterday he was working and as it turns out we're on the plane for just over four hours or so and i i think he was suspecting something as well i knew something was going on way too many engineers in around the cockpit of the plane so then they kind of explained it that they had a problem with the fuel gauges and then they thought they fixed that. So then we take, we back up and we go towards the runway. And then we somehow had lost all hydraulics. So at that point, we're going back to the gate. We're getting towed back to the gate. And I, here, he and I are looking at each other like, okay, we know something's up here. This plane with a hydraulic problem is not getting fixed anytime soon. So we get back to the gate. We deplane, and they're lucky enough they had another plane for us at to some point. Anyways, it was a 13-hour travel day for both of us on Sunday just to get from Toronto to Calgary. And I'm working the game yesterday, and my mind is kind of fuzzy. You know, it's a long travel day, and, you know, it's an afternoon game. And I'm thinking about this poor guy and his travel. And like I said, now he's got to skate five miles in the afternoon and not make a mistake because otherwise people hear about it. So the point of this whole message is, you know, we talk about the players and their travel and how difficult it is. And sometimes you'll hear the players say, I had no legs today. Or the coach will say, hey, listen, I just, the travel just got caught up to us, right? And uh, and I was thinking, we don't often think enough about the officials because the same thing. And, and they don't travel by charter. They do it commercially. A lot of times... Uh, he told me they could have three games and three nights in three separate cities. So you think of, so they work late. 
So let's say they're in Calgary. Then the next night they're in Colorado, which would not be unusual. So you have to go through customs. You have to be at your plane two and a half hours maybe beforehand because of going through customs. Then they get in hopefully sometime in the morning, maybe have a quick nap, then work that night. Then maybe they'll be on a plane, uh, plane the next day to Phoenix or something. So you get my point. These guys really have to be in great shape. They have to be really take great care of themselves because they can't stay up late uh, or else that's going to affect their performance. And then to top it all off at the end of the season, Reed. So uh, Graham told me he has, I think, a 78 game schedule during the regular season. That is all up in the air because they're all rated and graded for what sort of schedule they may have in the playoffs. So to compound things, you know, just because they're a great referee in the regular season doesn't insist or guarantee that they're going to have a long playoff schedule. So it's all pressure packed. And it really made me think about the schedule they have. And we should have a little bit maybe more empathy for them during the season. You know, it's interesting too, Kelly, you talk about getting those playoff games and, you know, sometimes on overtime open line with Rob fans Mm -hmm. are unhappy with the officials and, you know, there's there's a point where I, I kind of might say, okay, enough venting, everybody. If you didn't like the officials today, here are their yeah. names. Write them yeah. down. Write yeah. write them down, even if yeah. it's middle of February, like, and then see how many playoff games they get. Because the league isn't going to come out and publicly criticize them or grade them. But hey, if right. you're watching NHL games and you think that guy's not very good, write his name down. Yeah. See how many playoff games he gets. That's right. I, I totally agree with that, right? They, because they are, as we just mentioned, they're graded after every single game, and so and they're that is compiled throughout the regular season, and then that goes into making up the list for who will work in the postseason. And and because it's on a, a an honor system where you've earned it, it is extremely important to these guys that they get it right most of the time and have a great game every single night because they recognize what's on the line. You're not guaranteed a playoff performance if you're if you had a bad year as an official. Kelly, before I let you go, give me a riff on the two Bouchard goals against Dallas, one over each shoulder against Ottinger. Okay, so when you sent me that text, I was thinking about a chat that we had when the Oilers got off to a horrible start. And uh, you and I, we didn't talk about it uh, where it was recorded, but you and I, it, me in particular, I know that. I was like, what is happening to uh, Bouchard? Like, he just didn't look like himself. He had no confidence. And because he had no confidence with the puck, it was uh, translating into terrible plays defensively, not uh, being very responsible in his own zone. And now you look at him, he looks like an entirely different person. He looks like the player that we saw for the last few years with the Oilers. Uh, and those shots are as deadly as uh, uh, any defenseman in the game. Like Mackenzie Weegers leading the defenseman with goals from the back end, but he doesn't shoot the puck with the same authority or with the same zip that Bouchard. Like those two goals on Saturday were absolute rockets. And if you're the goaltender and, and he's picking you apart like that, not only does it bug you that day, but it's, it's in your head for the next time you're going to play the Edmonton Oilers because he's picking his spots now. Like, he's he's just tearing me to shreds, and I have no idea what's happening. So that's really important moving forward for Bouchard because he, he's got the upper hand on a lot of the goalies now. Yeah, okay. Kelly, great perspective, man. Really appreciate it. Have a great week. Of course, we'll do this again next week. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Reed. Have a great night. 
Thanks, Kelly. Kelly Rudy checking in courtesy Sentinel Storage. They shoot, we store. Try four weeks free at sentinelstorage.ca. Okay, yeah, good stuff from Kelly there, talking about uh, seeing Graeme Skilleter on the plane, Bouchard shot, and just that feeling of being in a wild-scoring game, especially one that might be getting out of control for your team. I had a question about Connor Brown. Could, could the Oilers get out of that cap hit next year? We'll dive into that. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan Inside Sports. Oh, some classic Van Halen. That is some good stuff. All right. So a caller called in after the game yesterday to Robin on overtime open line and said, why don't the Oilers trade Connor Brown before the deadline on March 8th and then have that team get dinged for the uh, bonus of, uh, you know, the uh, 3.225 that the Oilers will owe him or will be on their cap next year for hitting his bonus of 10 games played. Now, I didn't think that was possible, but I checked with someone who I knows more about this stuff, and basically this person said highly unlikely that would work. He said there's been a little bit of conflicting info on it, but that who, wherever he earned the bonus is stuck with it. Another example is Montreal has a bonus that Monaghan earned. He hit it there before the trade, so that's on Montreal. So, And this bonus is like the... It's, it's actually considered a penalty for next season, right? So the Oilers are starting, I guess if you got rid of all the players, they're not starting next year with zero on their salary cap. They're starting with next year with 3.225, or they're starting with 3.225 less than whatever the cap is going to be. So uh, I, I don't think that's possible that they could trade Connor Brown, and one of the conditions is, is that that other team takes that bonus on to next year. That's how that was explained to me, though an interesting question, but uh, who knows? Maybe something we'll have to worry about. It. I don't know. I don't know if the Oilers are going to be able to move Connor Brown uh, or if they're trying to before the deadline. You can get in touch, by the way, at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice from roofing, uh, for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can also email the show inside sports at 630ched.com. Well, the Golden Bears play UBC in a Canada West men's hockey semifinal this weekend. And UBC has gone from pretty much irrelevance to being a national power. And they did it under the guidance of a former Oilers defenseman. Coming up. 